<laughs> you haven't gone through the type of like. Sure, I have. I had terrible moments in college. Couldn't hit a driver anywhere. Shot nine. Shot yeah. in the nineties. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm talking about embarrassing alone. No, I get it. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. I'm just trying to give you from my experience. Yeah. How to come back. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another Hard Train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got Matt Cermak with me. What's up, Ev? It's great to be back. We've hit a milestone. 300 episodes. 300? Wow. This is episode 300. Someone DM'd us. How do you, what do you think about the movie 300? I see what he's trying to do. Saw it in theaters. This is a big episode for us. We're excited to go down memory lane a little bit, but we're going to dive into a very deep topic as well about self-worth and the impact it has. But first, in case you guys are new, welcome aboard the part train. We help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again, because if you can smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We unpack the mental game with anyone from PJ Torpro to a best-selling author, sports psychologist, and a golfer like you and me. And we're going to do the same with each other today. But before we get to this episode first, sir, I just got a text from a buddy. He was asking me about some other golf apparel brand, like Live Forever or whatever it's called. And I was like, dude, have you tried Roback? He's like, no, I see it everywhere. I've never tried yeah. it. I go, okay, stop the question here. Don't try anything else until you try Roback. So he texts me yesterday. He goes, dude, you were right. This Roback hoodie is unbelievable. I go, do you really think I would steer you wrong? Do you think I'm trying to sling dollars here? Wake no, up. wake I'm, up. I'm trying to help people <laughs> live more comfortable and feel happier. Okay. And Roback does that. Yeah, have you ever felt bad wearing Roback before? Absolutely not. I was with my buddy Ryan Hosey last night, who you know, having dinner, and he walks in with a Roback hoodie. It was a green one, kind of like yours, a little lighter. Yeah. Man, I go, oh, classic line. When you see somebody with Roback, oh, nice Roback. You know, like yeah. one of those. Uh -huh. And he goes, yeah, man, this is these hoodies are great. I got to get another one. I was like, yeah, I got my uh, month, uh, my quarterly shipment coming in this week. Vest, Q-zip. Kind of classic winter colors navy classic gray, story know, so it's the best love it well if this piques your interest which i don't know how it couldn't go to roback.com enter the code train <laughs> get 15 percent off if the code doesn't work you've used it before or you've mm. bought stuff before so mm. do what i do just create a new email borrow your wife's email your girlfriend's email grandma's your boyfriend's email whoever do it grandma snag it and get yourself some new gear thanks to roback as always for supporting the train and thank you guys for hopping aboard the rowback train it actually helps a lot when yeah. rowback sees that the passengers aren't messing around and they're hopping aboard the rowback train too that's what makes all of this possible which makes this show possible which helps us get to 300 episodes it's unbelievable Can you i mean it? before we dig in what what does 300 even mean to you man longevity commitment a lot of fun mm-hmm not sure if I totally believe it, right? Like looking back, like, I mean, this is what's so fun. We're going to get into this. We're looking back to our episodes from 2019 and we started in 2016, right? Mm -hmm. so, what a ride, Ev. I think we've enjoyed it. So yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool. How about you? Yeah, you know, it's funny as we were listening. So to give you guys context, we've gone back and we've done clip episodes before. This is a little bit more special because Serm sent me a link yesterday of our first ever mental game episode. It was a chipping away and it's just called the mental game. We covered like every part of it in this one episode, episode 55. And I was admittingly a little nervous to go back and listen to it because I was like, this is going to be bad. 
but it actually wasn't it's good. It's really good. It was really yeah. good. Guys, I think bear with us with the audio. If you haven't gone back to the really old episodes. Yeah, this was pre Brett. Um, shout out to Brett who makes <laughs> it sound better. That's done. But, uh, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't refreshing fun. And so, actually I learned some things. Here's what I remember. I don't know if you remember this day. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember us for the first time ever saying, let's talk about this thing, this thing that I, that we both love so much. We texted about on a daily basis, just about our own games, about insights we both saw and discovered. This was one of the first ones we didn't have a true outline for. We had some topics and it was a free flow and it was probably the most free flowing, natural, exciting conversation we had. And I think that's where me, maybe you too, was yeah. like, I think there's something here. I love talking about this stuff. I love digging into it. And then our show ended up becoming all about the mental game because a lot of people don't realize, and and I would highly recommend not going back and listening to the early episodes. We kind of did PGA tour, like comedy talk at the beginning and yep. it's absurd. We had some really good guests early on though too, yeah. guys. So let's not sell stuff short. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. We had daddy pepper episode 43, you know, it's funny, this this wasn't our first chipping away, but it was our first chipping away around mental, mental game. game. Like yeah. we had a couple other chipping games about chipping away is about Tiger, or I think we had one about the golf addiction. But to me, this is like was the essence of chipping away um about our games, yeah, about our thoughts, you know. Right. Pretty cool, huh? It was pretty special. So why don't we start with a clip from this very episode? I'll start with my with mine. Um and yeah. And we'll go from it. When I first started playing golf, you've been playing a lot longer than me. I took it up once I gave up baseball um, when I was 17. And I remember feeling so nervous. I had so much anxiety. I was so tense. I remember going to the range of my buddy's club called the Bluffs in St. Louis, oh. Missouri. Great course. Sure. Sure. And um, I remember like going to the range and hitting the ball really well and just kind of praying that I could take it to the course. You know, you'd maybe hit one block, you know, with the driver on the course and you just kind of hope that that doesn't come out on the course. And wouldn't you know it, every, every time I'd play when my first few years, you know, you'd lose like eight to 10 balls. You'd feel bad because your group's looking for them. You feel rushed and you end up doing everything you're scared of. And so I just started to realize, what am I scared of? Why am I so tense? What am I worried about? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? I would love to talk about that and why that is versus you as a player now. How did you get from that to where you are today, which is scratch player and played in D1 college? At some point, when do you start trusting your swing right, or your abilities? I think the hardest thing about you know, being mentally strong is is not worrying about results in golf. Hmm. I think that's I think that's the I think that's the hardest thing, you know, I think and that's a huge difference. I, I feel like when I watch guys who shoot 90, 95 compared to guys who shoot 82, 83, well, it, pre, the pre-shot routine really sticks out to me. Hmm. Right? When I watch somebody who shoots 90 or 95, you know, consistently, they don't really have a pre-shot routine. Take a couple practice swings, it's not the same every time. Yeah. They don't have the same, you know, they get Same upset. They get upset if their there's practice swing no, isn't good. Yeah, yeah. There's just no. And there's no. You don't. Anybody can have it, whatever pre-shot routine you want, as long as you're not, you know, Bryson DeChambeau and take forever. 
right. but it's just not the same. So I, I always felt like, you know, especially just watching people play that a 10 handicap versus a 20 handicap. First thing that sticks out to me is a pre-shot routine. And I'm interested to ask you if you felt like that was a big thing in your progression, because that's what I see. That's the biggest thing. Obviously, the more you play, the more lessons you take, the better your swing is going to be. You know, the better you're going to, better pitcher, better chipper, better. But, but it's that discipline in the pre-shot routine. So I picked okay, this well, clip. Yeah, why'd you pick it? I picked this clip because it really t- took me back to when I started golfing, and that was um, this was probably my first relationship with the mental game where you'll hear me talk about in this episode, I bought Zen golf. You know, I was studying mindfulness in my life. The fact that there was a book about it with golf, I could improve my golf game, but also improve my mindset was like a, a huge, like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing ever, which now funny, we have this show, but it, I'll never forget being riddled with anxiety, which is funny to think about what I've gone through now where I would be on the range and I'd be hitting it good and I'd hit one block and I wait just, a second. When was this? Was this when you started playing? When I started playing. Okay. Yeah. So this is when I was 17. I broke my elbow. I stopped playing baseball. Made the kind of made this so I made the transition of sports. I made right? the transition. <laughs> and I'll talk about that in a second, actually. I never shared something I wanted to share today in celebration of 300. But I just remember praying, like literally hoping and praying. You could feel how how hard I was hanging on to this, hoping I wasn't the guy that lost a bunch of balls off the tee that was constantly, because I didn't know I needed glasses back then either. So I couldn't follow the ball. And I always had people looking with me and I was slow. I felt like I was slowing the group down. I mean, it's, it's like, it's very interesting tidbit right there. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't see the ball. Not, it's probably not good, helpful for you. Yeah. But it's maybe it was a good. good sign that you need glasses. If you just you gotta go find that ball and keep playing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, that's a really, yeah, that's a tough way to play golf. Is every hole not sure where you went? Like that's a really tough way to play. So, anyways, I just realized the thing I kept worrying about was creating the thing I didn't want to happen. Like I kept hoping that every round it didn't happen and it would. And then one day after studying this, I was like, what if how hard I'm gripping on to this thing that I don't want is actually making it happen? And I just, I, I love bringing this up because I know a lot of people that find our show and hop aboard, we have all levels that listen to us, including pros, but there's also new golfers that come to us. Sure. And if we can help reduce that, level of anxiety of coming on a golf course and making that transition a little bit easier. That's huge. And so I wanted to bring that in because that's the goal of this show, right? Is to make, help you get out of your own way. Yep. Set some expectations, have some perspective, get some tools and be a bit better, get a bit, get better. Right. And have more fun. Love it. I mean, it's just, yeah. I think that's great, Ev, right? It's you you dig back to your when you started playing the game and <laughs> you felt the feelings that everybody feels, you know, the tension, the negativity, the imposter, like I don't belong here, right? It's really right. tough for new golfers. 
yeah, it's and that those feelings can creep back in, as we all know, right? No matter how good you are, we hear it from us talking about our rounds or from the best players in the world and all those things. So, yeah, it's it's good. I've, I love it. It's, it really takes you back to the beginning of your yeah. <laughs> of this of this of the game, and of course the mental game, which is what the show has really become all about. So right. I love it. Can I before we go to your soundbite? Can I share the thing that I've never shared? on the show before floor is yours my man so i was thinking about this and it kind of hit me i was like man this is probably why i've put so much pressure on myself to get good at golf this is why i've experienced such personal shame when i'm not doing well and it sounds a bit ridiculous it sounds a bit dramatic you'll actually hear on our first mental game episodes serum will say to me damn, this is getting kind of deep. It's getting kind of dark. And we started laughing because we'd never talked about that stuff before on the show. Obviously, now we do regularly, but I just want to caveat. I don't want to sound poor me dramatic, but for me personally, I realized this is why I put so much pressure on myself. Maybe someone can relate to this. So when I was growing up, not to pat myself on the back or anything, but I was always one of the best athletes. I go to a sports camp every summer, Green Trail Sports Camp, heard of it. We did round robin tournaments in every sport. You drafted kids. It was actually a really cool camp. I was always one of the best athletes and anything that I tried, I was one of the best, right? Naturally, you were able to pick up sports really well. Yeah, it came natural. I I was a pretty damn good baseball player. We finished second in the country one year when I was like 12 in a Little League World Series. Not the one on the TV, but another one. And I remember I I had like the greatest game of my life. I went four for four, three doubles and a triple, seven RBIs. I threw out the time run at third to end the game playing catcher. And we won the game. We beat the number two team in the country. And I had, I'll never forget this. I had people coming up to my dad like this kid is like destined for something great, you know, and And I think that was the first time I was like, I knew I was good, but you know, you probably felt this way when you won like eight tournaments in however many you won that year when you were younger. Right. And I used to read books about getting scouted for baseball. I used to dream of playing pro baseball. You grew up in St. Louis. That's kind of everything. And I say this because I made the team junior year. I was really pissed. I didn't make varsity earlier than junior year. So I was like, how am I going to, it's kind of like Michael Jordan, if he wants to not comparing myself to Michael Jordan, but if Michael Jordan wanted to play pro and you get cut in high school, it's pretty easy to think, well, how the hell am I going to play pro when I get cut in high school? Right. I felt very similarly. And when I made the team uh, varsity, my junior year, the coach pulled me aside and he's like, Hey, you're probably not going to play very much. You know, I just want to let you know, do you still want to be on the team? And I just, this ripped me up inside. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? I'm not going to play. And he's like, well, I didn't say that, but you know, he's like, we got a senior at second base, you know, he's paid his dues. So I was determined to beat out this senior. I didn't think he was very good. He had no athleticism, whatever. And that was my goal. I strained my ligament in my elbow. I was rehabbing. I was trying to rehab before a trip to Florida. And I'm not going to go too long, but I think the context is helpful. Long story short, I'm finally able to play. I get to this spring break tournament where everybody gets to play. And I'm more of a gamer, right? So I'm like, get me in the game. 
first practice of the first day, I break my elbow. And I never played baseball again. I never had one at bat in varsity baseball. This was my dream to play college and pro. I didn't even play in high school, like varsity, one at bat. And I never realized it, but I think when I changed over to golf, I was like, I felt like I underachieved all that buildup to never even play an inning on varsity. I think I felt a little bit of shame of like, wow, you are wasted talent, right? Mm -hmm. So golf, when I started playing golf, I was like, well, this is going to be it for me, right? Like I'm, I'm going to take that athleticism and I'm going to, I'm going to rise up the ranks and become a scratch golfer. Like I just, that's what I'm going to do. And you know, our best, our mutual best buddy played. I could finally play with him. I think subconsciously seeing Ryan get all this praise for how he hit a golf ball mixed with like, I wanted that. But at the same time, wanted validation for my own athleticism and feeling like I didn't waste it all those years. And so when I struggle today or anytime I struggle, I think that's what's getting punctured is, dude, you're better than this. Like you're still wasting your talent. You're a better athlete. It shouldn't be this difficult. And I just wanted to share that because I think that's. Anytime I feel like a failure through my golf, I think it's that story. It's that inner narrative from when I was a kid that's showing up because golf was supposed to be the thing that let me excel athletically. Well, I don't, I don't think I've it. ever shared that, but I yeah, wanted I to you, today. No, I think you, this is, thanks for sharing. I mean, it, you've talked about baseball, but I think you run in a little more depth there and it, you know, it makes sense, right? Yeah. You know, to yeah, have you, you ever felt, felt like, that because of how many times you won early on? I mean, oh, obviously you were I mean, playing. sure. Looking back now, I I think, man, I could have been so much better. You know, and I really, you know, I had a good career. I was lucky to play, play division one, but like, you know, you look back at those specific times and you thought you're going to make a jump. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you didn't make, and you, you can, you know, who would I compare myself to? My brothers, right? Easy to do because they're siblings. Right. So certainly. Um, but it is, isn't it wild how much our self-image gets layered into everything? Like if I didn't have that self-image well, narrative, you're because well the key it word wouldn't is, be as painful. You said you're all you were all about needed praise. Yeah, Ryan got praise. I I wanted that praise. That's result, and that's all about results. You get yeah. You're thinking about it's like the, you got to think about doing the work to get the praise. Well, right. The process versus results. Right. But I think I just saw like, well, I think it's with all sports, but because anyone can play golf and they play it for so long, I think I saw that, man, if you can hit a golf ball, you're kind of treated like a God in many circles, right? It's It's, known as the hardest sport. It's hard. It's fleeting. Everybody's done it. They know how hard it is. So when you do it, there's this wow factor. And I, I didn't just want that because Ryan got it. I think I wanted it because I believed in my athletic ability to get it. And if I wasn't going to focus on baseball, this was going to be my thing. And so I say this because I wrapped my self image around my golf from a very early age. So now I don't even realize I'm doing it. That's why I'm sharing this is because every time, remember we told Brandon on the podcast that came and wanted to quit golf. One of our, our passengers, yeah, I told him, I said, look, 
you're not feeling this way because you hit your ball OB. You're feeling this way because you feel like a failure every time you do. And that is what I have felt over the years, but it's rooted in this story that I could have been so much more. Golf was supposed to be my thing. And it hasn't been up to this point, however you define that. But right. I just wanted to use this milestone episode to talk about how self-worth, self-image is everything. Well, and Ev, uh, we like to think this show is therapeutic and cathartic. And hopefully this, you talking about it, whether it's on air, right, with me, you know, and others will pull from this, our listeners, our passengers, it's going to help you, right? Yeah. And I think that's important for everybody too, right? That's part of this. Right? Yeah. All Talking right. Talking it through. Sorry, I got, I got a little right. deep, but right. let's let's go to your clip. A little dark. <laughs> All right. Ready? Yeah. Where do I need to miss the ball? I mean, Tiger talked about that at the Masters. Just missing all the right spots. You know, and at our level, I mean, like, you know, we're just like, we're just normal players. I mean, you know, we, that's all you can be thinking about. That's what you have to be thinking about, you know? Right. Well, but what do you think? What do you think gets in the way? Just trying to make the great swing. I think it's a lack of uh, lack of thinking. I think it's a lack of discipline and a lack of focus. Really, I think it's it's a it's a, a one dimensional thinking versus three dimensional thinking. If that makes sense, right. like it's a you're too caught up in your in the fear of of being embarrassed in front of friends or colleague or whatever. So you're too in your head about your swing. You're too in your head about the fear. And, and so you're so focused on like making that perfect practice swing and like not messing up. So that's from episode 55, uh, mental game. It was a little cut out there at the start. Again, guys, bear with us with the audio from the old days. But what I had said to open that clip was, it's what Tiger had talked about at the Masters 2019. He won. You got to miss it in the right spots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting, Ev, because what you got into about like what what gets in the way, and it's what we've been chatting about. It's it's you know making the perfect swing, impressing the guys in your group, you know, not embarrassing yourself. And I think that's one. That's absolutely one piece of it. The other piece of it, and we kind of were chatting about it before that in that episode, was you gave an example about having a 140-yard shot, back pin, mm-hmm. and it was like green light for you. You choked up on a 9-iron. A 9-iron goes 140. I'm going to choke up. It's 134. Um, should be the perfect shot. Well, I thinned it. I hit it over the green. I made it up. Into a hazard. And so we get into this back and forth, you know, right, about – why that happened. And so again, back to the question about what, what prohibits us from playing the golf we want. You nailed it in terms of self-worth, self-image, always caring about what people think, but also as it relates to playing golf shots, you're just so caught up in the result, so caught right. up in making birdie. And it blinds you from, from picking the right shot from having great course management. And what we know is, well, you know, I'm thinking about a great shot is 12 feet short of the hole. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I can't go long here because the trouble's long, but you're not thinking that way because the prize, the result, Oh my God, I could hit this close. I'm in the fairway. I got a chance. And so 
I really like that because I like what you said and I wanted to add uh, the other piece to it. Um, you know what's great about this one yeah. is we talk, you hear people say all the time, you've heard it on our show, you hear it on the PJ Tour broadcast, you hear it everywhere. Don't focus on results. But here's the why. Because when you do, you lose sight of what you're trying to do. Right. I mean, look, the distraction. We, we, we want a good result, right? The result For is sure. the great result here would be a 12 feet, right? That's a given. But there's a way to think about that and approach that. Well, this is a great reminder because when I'm focused on putting it 12, when I'm focused on impressing somebody or not messing up or all that stuff, I lost focus on the shot at hand. So right. Colt Nose told us this once. Exactly. We need to stop trying to hit it to two feet and we need to start trying to hit it on the green, right? So a back pin is a perfect example. If that was a 140 flag, and my nine iron goes 150. So I choke up to try and take off 10 yards. That's a really silly shot choice because if I don't hit it perfectly right, I have a pretty good chance of that nine iron going over 140. Correct. Whereas if I take a pitching wedge that goes 135, 140, maybe if I really get it, I can swing as hard as I want and I know it's not going over the green. Right. And the start of that clip is missing in the right spots. Tiger That's says commitment. It best. And, you know, if you're not caught up in results, if you're not caught up in self-image, you're going to have a process. You're going to have a routine that's just going to be clearer. And yeah. ultimately, you're going to hit better shots. You're going to make less doubles. Yeah. But do you see how a self, a, a self-worth, self-image clouds the strategy? Yeah. And it also makes it makes you feel 10 times worse. Correct. When you make the mistake, when you clouded the strategy. So it's funny, a focused on yourself, focused on what it means for you, the the rah rah, you're so good. I'm gonna hit for praise, not wanting to get embarrassed. If I hit not this one close, everybody's gonna love it in the group. Yeah, this is my not chance. only does it cloud your judgment and create a higher percentage chance you make a mistake. Number one, two, it makes you feel like shit. When you make the mistake, that is a recipe for disaster. Correct. Love that clip. Love these. Love that we're doing this. It's just us kind of really, uh, us together scratching the surface about how to think about these, how to get through these things, how to respond, you know? Right. So Totally. So that was episode 55, our first <laughs> mental game episode. This is episode 58, where I think we probably were like, I think we're onto something. Let's do a chipping away of overcoming fear specifically. Yeah. So this is episode 58. I'll do your clip first. Okay. Let's say you're at the range and I'm, you probably feel this way. Like when you go to the range, probably nine times out of 10, you're one of the best players at the range. Most people at the range yeah. are, you know, they hit a bucket of 80 balls. They're hitting like maybe less than 10 good ones. Right. And they're just, right. they're just, just reeling out there. They're just they're beating grinding, balls. Yeah. Beating balls. The balls are going <laughs> everywhere. It's hitting the cage left and right of you and i've i've realized like holy shit when i'm at the range and i see people watching me and i'm like smoking the ball you get like a little you like look around even without yeah. noticing it you look around you get kind of like your chest gets pumped up the ego loves that but it's also sure. the opposite like it's when you're not playing well you it's real easy to feel like you want to crawl in the corner and get the fuck out of there you know? Right. Right. I mean, 
know, golf is such a hard game, which we've talked about. And I think the people that are able to do it well, <laughs> most people don't do it well. You quickly stand out and the driving range is a good example of that. But, you know, you can't let that, <laughs> you, so you've got all these bad, you've got all these bad, you know, not so great players watching you and you're clearly the best one there. Good feeling. But you get a guy then that comes up to you who maybe he's even got a better swing than you. Does that change your, does that change things No. Well, yeah, I've noticed that too. It's like, <laughs> you're starting to like, oh, this guy want to, you know, this guy want to go right now? Like, you're, <laughs> you want to go out on the course and, and play a nine-hole match right now? And, I mean, so your battle is you, you, you get defined by your surroundings. I mean, this is – you can so, feel – can't you feel the self-worth in that discussion, even at the range, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, you're probably still dealing with it more than you wish. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's not an indictment on you. That's not to say – Everyone has ego. Want, yeah. Right? Right, right, right. Um, but I, I, I want to bring this up for us to talk about with you because the key here is, you know, you're on the range, everybody's watching you, you know, that gives you kind of this ego anxious thought, you know, feeling you need to replace it with a steady mindset, a steady thought to just, Hey, I'm here to practice and do my thing. Where are you at with that? Ev? Like, how do you get to your own? How can you get to your own world when you're at the range and have a practice of tunnel vision? You know, what yeah. are you doing? Like, what are you doing to get there? Cause you're working on a lot of stuff. Now you said something actually after or in this episode that I wanted to mention too. It said, imagine if you lived your life the way people play golf and what you then go on to say is if you're living your life thinking about, what everybody thinks I'm nervous on this shot. I don't want to be there. I don't want to go there. You do that every day in your life, going to a restaurant, going to your job, just full of anxiety. You'd be, you can't live a life. Mm. And I thought it was a great quote, you know? And it was so. Yeah. And a lot of people live life that way, by the way. Yeah. And everybody, everybody, again, everybody's got in some, in some ways, but yeah, you kind of said like, nothing like golf that gets you in a, place where right you're an absolute mess right well so, it's it's a so I, I it's was curious to get your thoughts that's 2019 it's 2024 maybe how you dealt with that and how you're, you know what we need to do to help you with that you know yeah i mean everybody deals with worry right it's how our brains are designed to keep us safe um so if you've had pain in a certain scenario before it's natural people say it all the time oh my god i even so, I got in a car accident, you know, yeah. and okay. even changing okay. lanes now, I like I'm a little nervous. You know, sometimes when you see you, you've sure. got a very fi finite moment, you've got to like kind of jolt out to to get your spot in the lane. That happened yesterday and I, I waited because but that's that's I'm with physical harm that you got in. This yeah, is but like I, mental harm. Yeah, but the brain doesn't so, know the difference. Right. Because it's pain. So that's my point is that when you embarrass yourself on the at the range, next time you go to the range, it's normal for your brain to try and prevent that. We Go to our episodes about anxiety. You'll get right. more info on that with Dr. Kevin Chapman. But what do I you think, think the key the here is, though? So I think I've actually, 
Yeah, I think I've done a really good job this year to share everything, warts and all. And I've just made a commitment that, hey, I I don't need to believe the old narrative that I'm supposed to be the success story, that this show will become better when I become a scratch. I can help more people once I get to a scratch. That is no longer true. I still want to. And I'm sure we could help a ton of people through the learnings of how I get there. And I think well, you I'm know on the path. But you know what I think, Ev, for you, which has been helpful for you in this scenario at the driving range, a packed driving range, is you have a plan now when you're going, right? You're working right. on your swing, you've got your drills. You know, you go to a driving range just hitting balls whenever or not, you get distracted, right? You see people right. watching you, you see people. It's again, to me, that's my take. That's how you get tunnel vision, right? Is having a plan, having a routine. And yeah. I, I think you're doing a better job of that, but that's my well, take. So this is funny. We're coming at it from two different ways. That's yeah. a great point is having a purpose, having a plan, having a coach to give me guidance so that I'm not trying to fix, solve, search. Like that was a huge, that's a huge. Or just go um, beat balls without a purpose. Yeah, yeah, both both are a waste of time, but it's certainly a huge energy and um, mental saver to have someone that is an expert that I can go to when I have questions. So that's huge. Two is this year, accepting who I am, accepting my struggles and sharing my struggles to help people is much more comforting for me versus thinking I have to help people through success, I'd rather help people through my authentic experience and explain how I'm dealing with it, sure. right? So that's been really helpful, I think, where you, hopefully you've seen, I've felt it. Like there's less, I still feel terrible when I hit it bad and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm not making any progress. Like that still is there, but I'm less, there's less of a grip on right. it. Right. Right. It's more you, of like this. This is what I'm in. Yeah, this is where yeah. I'm at. And I'm going to share it and I'm going to get better. And I'm going to take you guys along the ride. And and that's right? a great lesson for life. That's what yeah. we love about the parallels. So, yeah. Oh, it's great. If I just, yeah. yeah, I thought as we look back, we, we compared to where we are now. And I think yeah. that's why really, like, you know, I, I will cut. say though, it was, it's been really cathartic to listen back to myself in 2019 because I think there was a lot more confidence even though i've learned a lot i think i had more confidence in my game then because i hadn't gone through these lows of lows so that's inspiring too to be like yeah hey that kid had a little swagger to him or i can get back to that you know Absolutely. what i mean all right, stay seated. The train's going to make a quick stop. Keep those seatbelts fastened. Just a quick word. I know you guys are loving the podcast. I appreciate all the support. We love all of the new listeners we're getting month over month. But I just wanted to provide a friendly reminder that if you guys love the podcast, if you love our Instagram, check out our YouTube. And I post video podcasts there. I'm going to be doing uh, new content specifically for YouTube. So if you're sick of riding the struggle bus and you want to start enjoying the ride, Subscribe to our YouTube channel and let's get you guys back on track. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, let's listen to my club. I don't even remember which one I picked, so we're going to go wow. through this live. Continue to dive deep. Well, let's so. unpack that even more. Why are you scared of missing it two ways? 
and not knowing where your ball is going to go? Is it because, because you're scared? Because then there's, of, then, then, there's, then there's no consistency, right? Yeah, but why do you need to be consistent? You what are you scared be, of? Are you I'm, scared of your friends seeing you shoot a high score? Or are you scared of shooting a high no, score? And are you identifying with that high score? What, what's making you so scared? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, Let's get to the it, root. It, it, it creates, you get scared because, yeah, you, you, you just think the chances of playing, of shooting a good score are just diminishing. Right, and you and you also think that all the time that you put in when you practice that it's not paying off, you know. Mm. So you lose. I, I lose. I lose the trust and hope in my abilities. You know, when I'm practicing or or when I was practicing, like, are you are, are you thinking the right things? And they're like, do I need to rethink this whole deal? You know, you put so much time into this and you mm. don't. You don't even have an idea of where the ball is going and hitting it, you know, when I, when I missing it left, just kind of would spiral things for me. You know, like I just, just hitting it right. I, I, I could fix that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm coming up a little bit out of it. Got to stay down. Got to just rip a little, rotate a little harder. Hitting the left. Sometimes I'm on perfect balance. The ball just, you know, you hit a pull hook 280 yards and, but it's like, what happened? Right. You know, hitting it right. It's like, ah, oh, you came out of the shot. You know, you didn't, you know, your, your, you know, your chest comes up, you just you're a little off balance, you just feel yeah. weak, you're not strong. Hitting the left, you feel strong, but out of control. So good. Yeah, it's funny. What comes, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was you. I, this was the first time I really started to, that's why I picked this clip for many, for many reasons, but I really started to like dig into you, ask like, wait, no, what, why, why do you hate the two-way miss? Why is a left miss so bad. And you said it. It's because I'm it makes everything feel like a waste of time and you spend all this time and you can't you have no idea what to do. Again, self-worth, that's the pain. It's not missing it left. It's you feel like a failure or that you're wasting your time or you're not good enough that with all this time you spend, you still have a two-way miss and you don't know how to fix it left. It feels out of control. Well, that's yeah, and that's the key out of control. I can't, I can't manage this. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't. And uh, I'll tell you what, Ev, I don't. Something happened this year. I don't. I don't fear left so much anymore. And I haven't. Again, I'm trying to make some swing changes right now, but I'm not that different of a player since I was in 2019. If you looked at my score, you know. But I've had to learn to let go because too often that left miss. It was like, what, what is going on in your swing hmm. as opposed to what's going on in your mind? Yeah. Or and, did you do the thing that helps you do your thing? Right. Right. You Maybe know? you got quick. Maybe sure. you saw something right. But I got quick for a reason. Right. Right. What made you get I quick? I didn't like the water. You know, right. <laughs> uh, right. Wherever it is, it could be left. It could be right. Right. You know, so that's a good example of I like, didn't like that see... I'm in between a driver and a three wood off this tee. And I didn't commit to the club. Right. And then it goes left. Right. Um, but let's say you walk into a shot, you see something you don't like right. The next time, because of this show is going to teach you to know what to do the next time, you know, okay, well, I have a tendency to get quick. And left only shows up when I get quick. So I'm going to focus on rhythm here. Now you've got something, not a yeah. fix, but a key. Right. That's the difference. 
you know what? It, there was a round this year. I don't think I talked about it. It was I shot 71, one over at this course that I never played, but really tight. It's just a lot, just really tight. Midwestern golf, Chicago golf, you know it. I'm not real long course. It's called it's called Heritage Oaks. I'm playing with Patrick, Mike Newfer, Zach. It was one of those, it was one of those rounds where I'm like, I'm gonna hit driver. I'm not hitting, I'm hitting driver today. Like just because it's tight, there's really not tons of trouble, right? There's not tons mm -hmm. of water, it's just tight. And I was hitting shots left because I was uncomfortable with wheels. God damn it, wheels. <laughs> I, was I was hitting shots left because I was just in my head a little bit like, this is just really narrow and I've got to thread a driver. So you hit shots left and I was getting out, you know, and I was escaping, but that was the light bulb. I was like, these are just tough shots. Mm. Okay. So they went left. Yeah. So it went left. Yeah. So it went left. So recover <laughs> left. Right. Like, like you're, okay. you're one of the best recovery players I've I ever seen. I don't, yeah, and I don't need to make some swing overhaul in the moment to combat that. So I miss it right more because right. The two way miss, we've talked about this more recently. Pros have two way misses. They hit it left, mm -hmm. they hit it right out there, right? For sure. Again, we want that consistent miss. We strive for that consistent miss. But I was just like, what does it really matter? Yeah. Maybe that's not a realistic so, thing. So I'm not down on myself throughout the round. You know, I'm getting up and down. I hit some good drives. You know, I'm getting shots when I'm in the trees and I played good. Yeah. As opposed to like, what you, Matt, you suck on top. You suck on these. Tight cough golf courses, these dog leg lefts. You can't hit a draw off the tee. You you, you can't manage it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I did back in 2019. <laughs> it's just like, okay, it's a tough shot for you. Think clearly, have your routine, commit to it. You're gonna either do it, maybe you don't, but yeah. What do you think well, about that? A, so I don't know if I, I didn't tough... talk about so much that this this year, but that was that was the round. Yeah, you don't talk about that as much. That's probably a big win for you. But I think it's it's important. It's not just your routine. Your routine's important, but then also using your your emotional response as feedback, right? Okay. So there's this hole that I've hit it left on previously. I'm yeah. feeling it as I walk in. I know that and it's it's human to say I don't want to fucking do that again. Right? I don't want to do that ever again. But now it's a little bit more top of mind. Right. So you right. say, okay, I know that's there. I don't need to resist that. But because that's here, I'm going to focus more on making a full turn and really good rhythm on this one. Right. Yeah. And yeah, now you got a plan. But the first hole that day, I smoked the drive. The second hole, I pull hooked it. But it's because it was 340. There was actually some water up on the left. It was tight. I was thinking about club selection. Because okay, it's a short hole. Should be maybe a two hybrid or a three wood or a driver, not a three wood. But I, I didn't commit. Yeah. Okay, so I pulled the driver. I was a little scared, overly aggressive. And, and I guess pulled, what made it feel? It. And I was just like, what? "You screwed up, Matt. Your mind was a mess. <laughs> Your swing didn't made, disappear. What made the left miss feel so terrible? Well, and typically." It was, I have no control, but I realized I was just, my post-shot routine was just terrible. Just like, oh, here come the hooks again. When it was, this yeah. one was just like the wherewithal to be like, 
it was just a hard drive for you. <laughs> and you didn't commit to, you didn't commit to the club. Right. So go up there, go find it, punch it out, get up and down. And when I get on the next tee shot, that tee shot has nothing to do with the tee shot I just hit. Nothing, nothing. And that's how you have to approach golf. Every shot's a new shot. Yeah. hundred percent. But people, it's, it's the hard, it's very hard. hundred percent. So, so I've got other things to work on in my game, but I am proud that I've made that stride. I am granted, I, I'm not going to be, you know, <laughs> cracking jokes when I hit it left off the tee, but I'm not, I'm not so caught up in that self, I, that identity. That yes. is because those are great. It's a great I, example. That, it scarred me for years. Mm -hmm. I, I do that with the, the big block and the weak, yeah. right? Yeah. hundred percent. Cause that's Cause I, unathletic, not powerful. I'm weak. I was I'm, scared. I hold what on. What am I doing? Right. Holding on. Two different feelings. The yeah. Big, like right, the big laugh. It literally happened and yesterday both at the range. Yeah. I hooked yeah. one. I hooked a seven iron 30 yards left of my target. And I was like, all right, I just drew a little bit more. But then I blocked it right. I was like, to compensate. Yeah. What the fuck, man? And it's like, you could see. So I'll, I'll finish with this and then we'll go to, um, Rapid fire. Rapid fire with our passengers' questions from Instagram. But emotions tell you a lot. They tell you what you're saying to yourself. They tell you what's important to you. And so part of this show, part of the thing that's changed my life in off the course and on the course is, oh, okay. So the reason why the right miss is not worse than the left. Actually, the right miss is if you ask most golfers, it's probably better than the left because it's softer. It's what I like. And it's, it doesn't, it's not as aggressive. It doesn't run out forever, right? I feel like you but can go find, the find it. the response tells me about the self-worth narrative where I feel more like a failure when I do the right one because of all the struggles I had with my driver and this past year of hitting all of these like weak little like block rights with like a wedge. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, why is this 80 year old hitting greens with a driver and you're missing them with a nine iron? Like that is going to be in there because of right. everything I've experienced, but I don't have to believe it. That's not right. me. That's just an old belief. Just like you stopped yourself and you said, wait, I hit it left, but that doesn't make me a, a failure. Everybody hits it left at some right. point. Right. Tiger you know, shanked it yesterday. Correct. And what did he do on his next shot? He hit the most unbelievable escape pitch draw from under the trees. Right. Through the trees. And, he, and his post-round presser. No. No. He's he thinking goes, about that they shot. Go, it's a what happened? Shot. He goes, I shanked it. He goes, my back spasmed. And I threw the hosel at the ball. Right. And they're like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he didn't start thinking. He wasn't down about it. Now, obviously, I get it. He's Tiger Woods. It's easy to, but I think a lot no, of reasons he's Tiger Woods because he thinks. I'll that guarantee way. you too. He might have been in between clubs or in between flights or whatever, and then throwing a bad back, and these things happen. Yeah, hundred percent. We got. I mean, we gotta. You know, we gotta work on our games when we're out there playing. Like, we gotta do a better. We gotta do a better job of just like, okay, we got a whole new shot that has nothing to do with the last shot. 
That's that has nothing the, to do with me. That's nothing to do with me or who I am or where I've been or my yeah. self-worth, right? Yeah. It's just a new I shot. actually think a lot Chill. of people can use this in work too. I, I've learned this as sure. I started working for myself is, and I've helped Tara with this. I've noticed Tara does it too. You go into these meetings with executives and VPs or CEOs or whoever, and you get all tight. You're and you you put these people on up on a pedestal, yeah. And you you don't want to look bad in front of them. It's like fuck that. Who says they know more than you? You're an expert on what you work in. You're all on the same team. Speak your mind. If something doesn't sound right or you don't understand something, ask it. You don't look weak. You look strong. And it's that Correct. belief of no, I believe in what I on who I am. I believe in, in my own intelligence and I'm going to speak my mind. If I don't agree with a strategy, I'm going to say, well, what do we think about this? Or did you guys ever think about maybe the downfall of this or the risk of that? And then the executive said something and you're like, well, what, what do you mean by that? Right? Where before I wouldn't have said anything out of fear of sounding stupid. This is in that same realm of, I don't care what I what I do on the golf course does not reflect on me as a person. How I respond does. A lot of people listening might start to feel down. They might start to go internal when they play poorly. Notice that and say, that's not me. That's just my old narrative of my self-worth being tied to that golf shot. Who cares? But get curious of what led to that shot, right? Yeah. You got to have something to go back to. You can't. You always got to try to find a way. Get, get confident, get clarity, separate the last shot from the next shot. But like what helps me do my thing, right? It's rhythm. It's feeling like an athlete. It's feeling it start to hinge at the top. That's very technical though, Ev. What about, I like to me, that's a lot of, that's. Rhythm isn't. Yeah. I think this is what's great about us going back and forth. It's like, this very just seems undefined. It's more like, no, for me, it's next shot. Okay. Where do I got to miss it? What's the wind? Where's the trouble? What's the flight? Well, yeah, I still have to What's do that. What's the move? Like, to me, that's rhythm. Just ri And then to me, it's all that. And then commit, be, you know, commit and have rhythm or commit and rip it. But you got to yeah. get all that first to me. Just rhythm? Well, no, I need the other stuff too. But this is so funny because you <laughs> haven't gone through the type of like. Sure I have. I had terrible moments in college. Couldn't hit a driver anywhere. Shot nine, shot yeah. in the nineties. Oh, I know. Yeah. You want to talk about embarrassing alone? No, I get it. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. I'm just trying to give you from my experience. Yeah. How to come back. Right. Well, the, yeah, it's a good point. And, you can't get wrapped up. I think, up there's, in your an, I think there's an order of operations after a bad shot. Yes. Was I clear on where I was going and what I was trying to do? Yes or no? No. Yeah. Let me get clear on where I'm going, what I'm trying to do. And then because I'm nervous, what is my key for my swing? Might be rhythm. Right. It's good stuff, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but this uh, this episode, and we didn't even know that the sound bites were going to lead to and kind of validate all this talk about self worth and identity because it's really kind of everything. It kind of roots in whether or not you feel what you feel. It's it's it drives the feeling. Yeah, is how much it's rooted in your own self worth. I mean, I, mean, I mean, if you want me to take it a step further, and then we'll get into the into the. Uh... Uh, rapid fire. I have back, you know, not back surgery. I red shirt my sophomore year because of a back injury. I tried to come out of it 
the whole winter I'm working on my game. And then the next year I can't find, I can't find the fairway and I'm shooting in the nineties in, in, in tournaments. Multiple times. I knew that I knew I was, I'm not going pro. I knew now I also knew I could come out of this, you know, but like time's running out. I've been there. Ev. I mean, granted, you know, I, I had, so I had some really low moments and then the next year played, started playing really good, you know, yeah. but I know what it's like. Yeah. But so a lot of that was being too mechanical to worried about my swing, trying to make big changes that set me way back coming off an injury. But what really got me back was getting my mind right and being simple and knowing what I do well and taking a lesson and, you know, not worried about positions and more worried about how to play and fundamentals, club face, grip. Yeah. Totally. What you're doing right now. I mean, right. you're working on, you know, the essence of golf, the fundamentals and just getting better at them. Yeah. So for everybody out there listening, you know, I've been had the low points, guys. Don't think it's all sunshine and rainbows. For no, me. that's actually a good reminder. I'm a sometimes... player, but guys, I mean, and I know we can have tons of people on this show that were college players and we've heard it from people. Listen to Smiley Kaufman talk. You know, we posted him yesterday. I mean, a guy couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't break 85. Yeah. It's actually good to hear you talk about that because sometimes just candidly, I sometimes wonder if you truly know. Oh, I know what it feels like. I mean, look, I, I mean, I know what it, I know what it feels like to shoot scores. You didn't think you'd ever shoot and hit shots repeatedly. You'd ever think you'd hit to be on a tee box on the first hole on a wide fairway, but the bunkers 35 yards right are in your head. And so I got to hit three with. Yeah. Did a lot I mean, of that. I was, I was Did concerned like, oh, about hitting the hotels on St. Andrews with a hundred yards of fairway. Right. Right. Same kind of thing. Oh, I know. But we're going to get you through it. That's why we're here. Yeah. That was great. Let's finish with, we'll do a few rapid fires. And then we, the, if people are listening that submitted questions on Instagram at the part train, follow us there if you're not already. So you can be featured in future episodes. We might do a mailbag. We haven't done a mailbag in a while. Love the mailbags. Um, maybe we'll dig into some of these in the mailbag as well that we don't get to. But first question, I'll answer it from Nick Gunther. Nick underscore Gunther. Have you had any light bulb moments recently? And how can someone hold on to that feeling? It's a good question. Yeah. My light, I've had two light bulb moments this year. One is my struggles, maybe even more so than my successes, can help a lot of people. That's one. And so that goes back to what I was talking about. I'm leaning into that. I'm not really getting worried anymore about how it makes me look. I'm just being real. That's one. And two is how small the margins are on this game, specifically with the swing of just what you're thinking about, what you focused on. Think, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Having so many questions, not enough answers. Having a coach has really opened my eyes. I've gotten many lessons over the years, but I've never committed like I have this year. I've only done three lessons, but the ability to text, the ability to have someone to check in with when I need it, and knowing I'm going to go back to see him in two weeks to ask these questions is such, it's such a relief because yeah. I'm not doing it on my own. You know, I have someone and you're to not, help me. And you're not relying on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok. Right, right. I'm not trying things to try them. I got someone. Power of coaching. 
to help me out. And so I would just urge people, I've talked about it before, but I'll say it this way. I admit back in the day, I actually, I'll say it this way. I started my golf career splitting lessons with one of my best buddies, Greg, because I was in high school and I couldn't spend a hundred dollars for a lesson. Right. So I've been there, but the amount of time and money you spend on rounds, it's really sacrificing a round a, a month these days with the prices, like pay for a lesson, play golf one last time and do one a month and really get on a plan. I mean, the amount of pain that we inflict on ourselves and the amount of relief you can give yourself by having someone to help you. Everyone on the PGA tour almost has a coach, multiple coaches. And you would think you could say, well, that's, yeah, that's their job, but also they're the best at what they do. So why would they need a coach? But they have five coaches. So if they have coaches and they're the best at what they do, we certainly need them too. So that's my two light bulb moments. What's yours? Sorry, I was supposed to go quick, but yeah, that that, that wasn't quick. <laughs> guy gets fired. Guy getting fired up. I love it. Well, I mean, <laughs> how about I just jump into the next question? Yeah, you Can take I, your question. You yeah, sorry, you I was supposed light to go bulb. quick. He he yeah, looks at me. Fire, he looking at me. Really I go, hot segment in the old days he, too. <laughs> yeah, he looks at me. I go, I'm gonna give two, and then <laughs> go ahead. All right. So from. Uh, Charlie Page J. She wrote him, "When does golf get easier?" With some uh, smiling face emojis. I'm going to be quick, Kev. When you start treating it like a game instead of a job, think mm. about when you go play some sort of game, whether it's a board game or a drinking game with your friends, versus walking in to go do something like a job or going to a doctor's appointment. Treat it like a game. It's going to help. It's going to get easier. Love it. All right, Ev. What's your next? CT Collins 33 asked from episode one to 100, 101 to 200, and 201 to 300, what has evolved and been the best for each time frame? I think for the original time frame, the first time frame, one to 100, obviously we didn't start with the mental game, but the coolest part about that was not caring what other people thought and just going for it, right? Just creating our thing. Yeah. We, we did it. Even if we didn't do it every week, we were still doing it. And we still reached out. We still got PJ Tour pros. Oh, so great th guess. <laughs> like that's a lesson of all you got to do is ask. That's what I learned from that. And all you got to do is do the thing that you're being called to do. From 101 to 200, I think that was a example of consistency, the power of consistency. No matter what we had going on, we figured out a way to do an episode a week. And now we're doing six a month, right? Thanks to Brett and some of our other mini series. So the power consistency for the second wave and then the latest wave 201 to 300. I think it's just getting clear on who we are, what we care about, don't not caring what anyone else is doing and just keep you kind of set it with your game. What am I good at? Right? Lean into yeah. what you're good at, lean into what you care about and the rest will follow. The type of partners we've gotten, the type of support we've gotten, the type of growth we've seen from 100 to 200 to 200 to 300 has been really fun to see. So that's mine. Great. Ev. Kind of puts a bow on it, right? Full circle. Love that. Yeah. The journey we've been on. 
Um, okay, my last one is actually I'm a little change up here. Here's the one I'm picking. I didn't think I was oh. going to pick this one, but I noticed oh. it. Oh. From uh, this is why we have a ton of fun. From Clanky 50. How do I stay out of my head when playing a friend that's very competitive? Mm. Great, great question. We've mm. all been there, right? The guy you're playing with seems like he just wants it so much and it's driving you nuts. Mm-hmm. Two things that you got to keep yourself distracted in two ways. One, we talked about it a lot today. You got to have a great pre shot routine. You've got to have the best plan, right? The best ability to, to take in those shots, plan those shots, and execute them. Because when you do that, it creates tunnel vision. Great. You hit that shot. But then I noticed my buddy's being over competitive. Well, distract yourself between the shots, right? Play music, right? You know, find, you know, grab a drink. Find a way to stay a little more distracted from your friend. So you got to do that when you're hitting those shots with your routines, pre-shot routine, and then after shots, you know, and in between shots, find a way to stay lighthearted. I love music. Gets my mind off wherever I hit it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, have your favorite drink, you know, whatever it is. So, Can I say one final thing on that? Yeah. I get curious on why you're resisting competition. Why, yeah. why does it bother you that they're competitive so much? And this is a great question just in regards to we can't control what's around us. What can we control? not letting other people impose what we're focused on, how we feel. Um, but certainly things will do things that bother us because we might value something differently. But I would get curious on, I mean, the, the single greatest thing I've ever, one of the best things I've ever learned is anytime you're, get, you're struggling and you're getting down on yourself for hitting it left or you're pissed at yourself because I just blocked one again and I thought I solved it, competing is one of the greatest things to get back to because it, it, it acknowledges. What does that mean of competing against the golf course, not against your buddy who's competitive? Right. Right. But why don't you want to compete against your buddy? Well, <laughs> again, this is maybe you another know? episode, right? Yeah. But it's always the, the old adage of golf. You play the course, not your, right. not your playing competitors. Right. Another way to get your mind off your overly competitive friend, but good stuff. Right. Ev, I love that tidbit. Yeah. Well guys, 300 <laughs> episodes. Yeah, I if I was screaming on this episode. I think we're just fired up. I think so. <laughs> I 300 episodes is pretty crazy. <laughs> we've done something 300 times. I think we've and... done, that means we've done something pretty cool, right? Yeah. And had, had an impact. Yeah. So sweet. I, I know you feel this way. I just want to thank everybody for hopping aboard and, um, being a passenger. This is something that, um, is super close to our hearts. We'll continue to try and make better and helping frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again. So if you like this episode, do us a solid, give us a review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, if you listen on Spotify, make sure you're following us and subscribed on Spotify. Yes. I, I actually learned it helps us a lot. So go ahead and help us out there and follow us on YouTube at The Par Train. We post every episode on video on Mondays. We're posting more and more videos every week. So thanks as always, guys, for hopping aboard. And no matter what, you start doubting yourself, you start having that narrative, calling yourself a failure, your self-identity gets wrapped up in your golf, you're hitting it left. What do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. Happy 300, guys. Happy 300. Thanks for hopping aboard, guys. Before you hop off the train, I think I got something you're going to love, our new YouTube channel, 
is growing fast. It's something I'm putting a lot of focus and time and my heart into. So if you guys like the podcast, our YouTube is going to come out with the video podcast of the audio version every Monday on our YouTube channel, as well as more and more videos to help you enjoy the ride and keep your game on track. So go to youtube.com slash at the par train or just search the par train on the YouTubes and hopefully we can keep riding this train together. Thanks again for hopping aboard. Hope you guys enjoy the ride.